Hello and welcome to Times Tall Tales. Today, the wonderful Jordan is going to be taking us through the Banshee legend. Is it a legend or a myth? What would you call it? Um, I'd call it more a folk tale, folklore. Folk tale. Okay, cool. Right, okay, hello. And today we'll be talking about the Banshee, a creature a lot of people may have heard of but may not know exactly what it is or where it comes from. So I'd like to start by asking you what you know or think you may know about the Banshee. Have any ideas? (laughs) Well, I I, I still picture sort of the... Is it the ring? The the woman from the ring, the horror movie, the girl that crawls out of the, the TV screen. Yes, that's... As morbid and as disgusting as that sounds, that's what I, I picture. And sort of long, talony kind of fingers and very sort of intimidating sort of look, I would imagine. So you see, like, some sort of um, ghost type thing. How would you describe the creature? Would you describe it as um, a monster? Uh, a ghoul, a ghost, a demon. Pretty, mm, pretty ghoulish. Maybe a little bit demonic. So, um, you, you quite far away from the real, <laughs> the real creature, because <laughs> technically a banshee is a fairer. Okay, I wouldn't have got that. <laughs> so, in modern interpretations and outside of the Celtic nations. Uh, like Ireland and Scotland, a banshee is often thought of as maybe a spirit or a ghost, usually associated with loud cries in the night, um, and is often portrayed as evil or just generally not good. Um, Now, where this does share similarities with the Celtic folklore surrounding the banshee, it takes away some key elements and adds in others. Now, the name banshee is an anglicised version of the Irish Gaelic name Ban, she, this is England, obviously clearly showing its creativity in naming foreign things. <laughs> um, so, Banshee, two words, um, means woman of the fairy mounds. And it's, again, it's showing that she's a fairy. It's in the, so, in modern Irish, it's spelt like being SI as a separate word, uh, Banshee. But in Old Irish, it's ban, same bean, and then she, spelled S-I-D-H-E, which is an Old Irish word for hills. Um, it technically means woman of the hills, but it is woman of the fairy mounds. So banshees are also found in Scottish folklore, um, known as ban nia, um, meaning washerwomen. Um, because of this, I'm going to talk about the Banshee in Irish folklore and Scottish folklore separately. So, in Irish folklore, the Banshee has many different names, from the White Lady of Sorrow to the Angel of Death. Uh, the Banshee are fairy creatures, and sometimes they take the form of deceased family members, and are sometimes thought to be the spirit of a deceased loved one. Uh, some say that she is a kind of fairer or spirit of a specific woman, who had been murdered or died in childbirth. Again, um, very light and happy tales. (laughs) Mm, I always are with folklore. 
always. Um, so they are often described as women with long red hair, uh, red eyes from crying, and often wearing a green or white dress. Um, and because of their status as fairies, they are often associated with the prehistoric earthen mounds and structures that um, scatter the Irish countryside, uh, which they which were believed to be important to the fae. Now, the banshee are said to be harbingers of death meaning that they act as an omen of death, warning people that loved ones or family members are going to die soon. Some also say that banshees predict death, and they warn individuals that they are about to enter a situation which they will not leave alive. So if you ever hear a banshee scream, turn round. So, um, the banshee do this, um, either predicting death or warning that someone will die and they do this by keening which stems from an old Irish tradition where a woman in the community called a barn queen um, would perform a lament or wail at a funeral um, however the keen of a banshee is said to be a terrifying howl that chills to the bone but is sometimes said to be a beautiful song <clears throat> so, the banshee can take many forms, um, but it's most commonly described as either a beautiful young woman um, singing or crying, or an old veiled woman weeping bitterly under a tree. Some say that her form denotes her intentions, and therefore her actions. For example, if someone the banshee loves was near death, she will appear as a beautiful young maiden and would sing the most beautiful song to signify their death, but also to comfort them and their family members and welcome them into the next world. Meanwhile, if a banshee is angry and seeks revenge for some reason, maybe the person ha- um, the person dying had wronged them in life, then the banshee would hear it would appear as a an old hag and would let out a blood curdling scream to denote their death. Now. If a person has a banshee keen at their death, it is usually said to be the one banshee that does so. But if a person um, is particularly notable, important, or holy, they and their family members may hear the keens of multiple banshees as they die. So, again, classism in folklore. <laughs> I guess a so, question, quick question I have so, is, um, how does one annoy a banshee enough to make them scream and terrify their family members as they're dying right okay so the for the first part of answering that question will be to answer the question what is a banshee now as i explained before the banshee is a it's a fairy creature but it's also a kind of ghost-like creature in a way it's a spirit-like creature so a banshee in some legends can actually be the spirit of a deceased loved one, but it is also a fairy, if that makes sense. So it's a member yeah. of the fae, but it is also a spirit. Okay. Um, from right. what I can gather, anyway. And therefore, um, I'd assume that if the banshee was wronged in life, whether the woman was murdered or maybe humiliated, embarrassed, um, for a whole, I suppose, any reason that 
a living person today would get angry at another person and swear vengeance would be why a banshee would want to get revenge on the said person that is dying. So I guess my my real question hidden behind that is a a banshee is isn't a a servant sort of of evil. I mean that's the wrong way to say it. It isn't punishing someone that's just done a wrong. It's someone it's punishing someone that's done a personal wrong that's affected them. You know, they're not like a like a, a, a demon sent to haunt, you know, a, a bad person that's dying. They are it's a personal problem that they've had which is causing them to seek revenge. Yes. So um essentially <laughs> Um, a banshee is not beholden to any higher power. It's again, this we're talking Celtic folklore, so it's not really beholden to God, to the devil. It's um, it's kind of leftover from the pagan past of Ireland. Um, so these banshees are not beholden to any higher power. They are, are literally these faith that in life were wronged by people, and so they would want to get vengeance for that wrong but as you're saying they they don't they're not evil per se they're not they don't um try and be horrible (laughs) and evil they're just the same as a human they have good you have good banshee bad banshee and so if you wrong a banshee that banshee will then um keen at your death but with <laughs> a horrible scream but if you do good to a banshee if the in life the banshee loved you then she might appear as a beautiful maiden and sing at your death and again that's a good thing it's it's kind of you have to distance the banshee away from this con um, this concept of good and evil it's neither all right okay okay i understand <laughs> Yeah. Um, look here, because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the most important characteristics of banshees is that they are connected to families. Uh, and this has sparked many variations in the folklore, um, but this part's often kind of left out in, you know, um, modern media. It's kind of forgotten about. Now, as mentioned earlier, uh, the Banshee, if angry, will let out a blood-curdling scream to denote the death of someone who had angered them in some way. Some variations of this say that the Banshee doesn't only do this to the one person who um, angered them, but will permanently attach themselves to the family and will forever continue to scream when their descendants are on their deathbeds. So it's one hell of a grunt. Um... (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, other traditions say that the Banshee will only keen at the deaths of an individual from one of the original families or clans of Ireland, typically those with goidelic names, with prefixes like Mac or O. Um, However, others say that a Banshee will keen at the death of all Irish people, even if the families that had, um, even if there were families that had emigrated to Ireland or from Ireland elsewhere. And essentially, because of this connection to families, a banshee will only survive as long as a family's lineage does. So when the family line ends, so does the banshee. Oh, 
Okay, so they're... Because in my mind, they would be sort of this immortal figure, but I guess if it is a personal vendetta, it would make sense that once it's over, it's almost like, you know, when you hear people talking about getting justice, you know, you're, everything's clearer once you've received justice and you sort of calm down again. I guess it makes sense that it's not that they're not eternal. No, I guess that was just like you say that they're so misrepresented. But no, it, it makes sense that they would end with the family. See, um, that does all make sense and good, but you know, um, folklore as it is, likes to throw in a curveball. So, mm. if we're not fitting into the interpretation that a banshee will um, keen when they're angry to. Um, have vengeance or keen in a nice way to welcome to the next world you've also got to think that these banshees also keen when they have no personal connection to the person so we're talking a banshee that has no relation in life in death to a holy figure would still keen at their death so you've kind of got two categories I'd say um, two variations is better, two variations of the tale that say that a banshee can keen if it has a personal connection but then the other variation says that it doesn't have to have a personal connection and a banshee can keen at anyone's death Okay So that's the Irish interpretation then Yes and right. then we get on to the, the um, stranger yet, <laughs> the Scottish folklore. Now, the premise of the ben, uh, the Bannier is um, very similar to the Banshee, um, but instead of a key to signify death, uh, a Bannier will be seen washing the bloody clothes of the person who is about to die in a ford, river or other water source um, while singing a lament and is often described as wearing green, much like the Irish Banshee. Um, But some legends even describe them as having red webbed feet. And this is just the first stage (laughs) of web. Now, these washerwomen um, are often said to be those that have died in childbirth and are stuck acting as omens of death until the day that they should have died. So again, we're seeing this difference between the two folklores. In Ireland, the Banshee will last for centuries, as long as the family lineage does. But um, meanwhile, a Banshee will only survive as long as their natural life should have survived if they hadn't died in childbirth. Okay. So then... So, go ahead. Again, it's not... I guess the the difference between this one and is that the Banshee only appeared at the deaths, whereas the Bannia is is experienced more of a life, but almost in sort of third person. Yes, so a Bannia will um, they will uh, um, they would signify the death by washing the bloody clothes of those that are about to die. Now, I haven't personally been able to find anything that might suggest that they have any personal connection to the people that they are um, 
be acting as an omen for, but uh, I'd suggest that this may be a key difference between the two. But uh, Abania is really there for a short amount of time um, just to signify the deaths, just to act as a supernatural omen for the people of Scotland. So, um, the Scottish legends differ from the Irish tales, as I've mentioned, um, in a, another key way. Um, as if a person can sneak up to a Banneer without detection, um, the Banneer must grant them three wishes, or in other variations must give them any knowledge they desire. Again, another key difference between the Irish and Scottish, because the Irish Banshee doesn't have this uh, ability to grant wishes or to bestow knowledge. Now, there are many variations of the Banneer. Um, for example, on the Isle of Skye, uh, the Banneer squats while she washes, and if a person can sneak up to her without detection, she must tell them their fate and must answer all their questions. But the person must also answer all of hers truthfully. Um, which, um, obviously, I, I don't know what the consequence would be for <laughs> um, not answering, for lying. Um, I'd assume it was something deadly or just something generally not very nice. But I suppose don't sneak up to a pioneer if you're going to get caught. Got <laughs> <laughs> to plan it well. Because yes. I imagine it's not, um, it's not easy sneak I'm assuming well in a lot of uh, tales it does say that they, because they get so caught up in the washing and the lament the singing they often don't notice people walking up behind them so oh, okay I don't know whether it would be easier but um I would I don't want to find try. out <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I don't want to find out to be honest Right, um, but here you go, here's the little, um, the, you know, nice, nice thing that is, if you do get caught sneaking up um, on the Isle of Skye, they believe that you would lose all the use of all of your limbs. Seems fair. Yeah, honestly, it does. <laughs> now, Seems a fair punishment. It does get weirder, so bear in mind, this is where it gets really weird. Um, Meanwhile, on the Isles of Mull and Tyree, uh, the washerwomen um, are said to have unusually long breasts um, that get in the way of her washing. Um, So she throws them over her shoulders while she washes. Um, And if a person can sneak up without detection, uh, then grab and suck on her breast and claim to be her foster child, um, they will not only be spared, but she must also impart on them any knowledge that they desire. The silence says it fair. all. <laughs> it seems fair. Yeah, it seems fair. Okay. Um, now, if the clothes uh, she, is wash- she is washing are those of an enemy, uh, they can tell her to continue washing, meaning that their, en- their enemy would die. Um, but if the clothes that she is washing are their own, uh, then she can ask them to stop and therefore avoid their death. 
You've mm-hmm. got to wonder why why these variations came about. I mean, I'm not I'm not asking you to to explain it, but there's some you know, some someone must have told this story because you know something happened, or you know they they tried this, and it does just amaze me sometimes the the weirdness that can appear out of folklore from you know what what you would consider maybe nowadays being quite a, a generalized view. I mean, Banshee probably isn't the most famous figure. But we all sort of have an idea that they're a bit scary, they're a bit screamy, they're a bit don't go near them. But you kind of <laughs> got to wonder what what happened to make these variations come about. Sorry, it's, it's just going through my head as you were explaining them all. Like my brain just sort of thinks, what what had to happen to just, to make I'd that? Assume, I'd assume a lot of trauma, considering the weirdness. <laughs> Uh, that isn't really an academic opinion, um, but I'd assume some had to go wrong for being able to believe this. <laughs> um, also, while we're on it, um, I must also note that the whole thing with the Isle of Mullen uh, Tyree, with the sucking of the breast and claiming to be a foster child, sounds weird saying out loud. But um, what's it called? Yeah, I suppose it would have a link to the earlier thing where the Banya said to be women who had died in childbirth. Is it not this connection with motherhood that they didn't get to, um, you know, feed their children? So for their supernatural life, they are yearning for the the mothering. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a fair connection, yeah. Now, I must know also that there are many, many other variations of the washerwomen, and the same for the Banshee uh, in Ireland. There are many, many variations, depending on the region, um, town, groups of people. Uh, even personally, people might have a different belief with them. Now, there's some other notes. Um so the Banshee, uh, although it's probably most prevalent in Ireland and Scotland, uh, are pan-Celtic, uh, meaning that there are tales of uh, a creature like this in most, Celt- uh, in most Celtic mythologies. Now, in Ireland, she's called the Banshee, while in Scotland, she's called the Bandia. But in Breton, in France, the Tuneresnos, which I think that's how you say it, uh, is a washerwoman, omen of death, like the Scottish Bandia. Uh, the tradition of washerwomen also survives in what are now considered non-Celtic nations, uh, as there are legends of three washerwomen washing clothes of the soon-to-be-dead uh, in France, uh, in Spain, in different regions like Cantabria, Galicia. Um, really, these are, I'd, I'd say that they were uh, the folklore that has kind of survived through the ages probably thousands of years through different variations, different tellings, and they've probably changed a lot, but they still uh, share like a common a, a common mythology, a common basis across these nations that were previously um, under Celtic rule. 
Now, you've also got other creatures that are similar uh, in Wales. You've got the Kihirai, um thing. <laughs> uh, I think that's how you say it. Um, which is a, a, deadly, uh, a deathly moan uh, that sounds in the night uh, when native Welsh people uh, are about to die. So, a, a native Welsh person in Australia... Um, if they hear this deathly moan in the night, that is the kikarai signifying your death. Um, but unlike um, the others, like the banshee, the bannia, uh, um, the kikarai uh, doesn't have a physical form. It is just a voice in the night. So a very key difference. You can't. Well, you can't sneak up on a voice, so... Yeah, that I suppose that would be um, out of the question. I don't think that one includes the wishes um, or the um, suckling. <laughs> no. Um, however, though, uh, Wales and Cornwall do have a, a legend of washerwomen too. Um, if one sees the washerwomen, they must help her wring out the clothes. Um if they wring the clothes in the same direction as the washerwoman, their arms are ripped out of their sockets and they are swallowed by the clothes. Delightful. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very gruesome image, okay. It's a very gruesome death as well. <laughs> hmm. um, if they wring them in the opposite direction, however, um, of, of the washerwoman, uh, she will grant them three wishes which I suppose is a bright side. Just pay attention if you're ever doing it. Uh, I don't know what the uh, punishment would be if you saw her and you didn't wring out the clothes, but I'd assume it'd be gruesome again. If doing it, if wringing out the clothes the wrong way is that gruesome, I'd assume it'd be very, very bad. Oh God, now, I don't know what would be worse, to be honest. <laughs> I don't want to think about what would be worse. <laughs> Well, I suppose ripping all uh, your arms out your sockets is it's not very pleasant. No, so, no, and no. If you ever see a washerwoman, make sure you bring it in the opposite direction. Yes, now, that's that's the words of wisdom to take away from this podcast. Yes. <laughs> and if you see us, if you see it in Scotland. <laughs> on the Isles of Mull and Tyree, <laughs> you know what to do. Get a suckling. <laughs> now, uh, in pop culture, um, the Banshee are often portrayed as evil. Uh, in most cases, a Banshee is not evil. Uh, they're just omens of death. Much like how the Angel of Death in Christianity um, or Judaism, etc., is not evil, but just takes those whose time it is to die to the next world. Kind of like Hades in Greek mythology is always portrayed as this bad guy because he's confused with the devil. But really, in actual fact, he doesn't take the dead. He doesn't um, take them before the time. He's just taking them at the time. And he doesn't even take them. He just looks after them. But again, these banshees aren't evil. They're just there to signify that you're about to die, to give you a heads up. They're not actually taking you. <laughs> They're not evil. They're just living the best life. Um, now, there are many historical accounts of banshees or, or banya. 
Um, for example, the legend of the mermaid of Loch Lane, um, Slyn, whatever the word is, um, says that a woman was out walking by the loch one day when she saw a banner bludgeoning over 30 sets of bloody clothes on a stone. Uh, a little while later, the local Fernabi's um, roof collapsed, killing uh, the over 30 churchgoers inside. Now, obviously, you know, in the, the ban, uh, the banner was uh, beating the clothes of the the thirty people that were in the church just before the roof collapsed and they all died. Now, the roof, the church roof, did actually collapse in 1742. So, are we to believe that there is some truth to this tale, or is it just completely fictitious? I'll leave that up to you to decide. Mm, well, that's that's the problem with folklore, isn't it? You've got to take everybody's word at it, and if you do, then you know what's what's the truth because there's so many different versions. There's no way to to have a collective myth to have a collective folklore even and I think that's that's one of the main problems with how media sort of portrays things today they try and create one sole folklore and that's just not possible because there's so many versions everyone has a different opinion of what the Banshee or Bania is so it's it's impossible really to get an accurate representation because there isn't one and Again, you get the problem of how on earth do you prove it? Who who do you take seriously? I mean, you're completely right. Even within a, a, a folklore itself, within one, we're talking, say you were talking about the Banshee in Ireland, there were so many different regional variations that you couldn't create a coherent Irish Banshee. You couldn't physically create it without having to leave out some bits or add in others. Well, my opinions of a banshee have been completely changed. Uh, that was a yep. roller coaster of a thirty-two minutes. <laughs> I mean, if there's um, anything you take away from this, it's really think about. Well, th- there's a couple ones. There's if you you have to think about the different regional variations of different folk tales. There is different ideas, different everything. You must also remember that pop culture doesn't always portray folklore correctly. Um, they take a lot of artistic liberties when it comes to portraying them. Uh, and finally, um, don't ever ask me to speak Irish Gaelic or Scottish Gaelic because I can't <laughs> do it. I can't do it. And um, don't wring your clothes the same way as a banshee yep, if you ever see one. You will have your arms um, ripped out. And on that lovely, gruesome image that's going to give me nightmares now for about a week. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you have anything else to add. Yes, of course. Well, I shall go and have some nightmares. Thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) You are welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for talking to us about the Banshee. And I have to admit, my, uh, my, my view of this creature has very much changed you know i knew very i knew it's a religious experience to read about it changed my whole outlook on life no it's it's a very interesting one to see and it's a really good example of how 
things can change over geography, over centuries, over well, just over time in general. You know, everything stories change, and you can't just imagine that there is one version. You know, there's always there's always two or more sides to every story. Always. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for joining us. We have had thank you. a f- full experience today and uh, we hope to see you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye.